Yeah, go ahead and put your hands together. Wasn't that fun? Yeah, you know what? We hope you'll come out this afternoon and after baptisms, you'll present your biggest splash. Yeah, okay. You could jump off the top of the roof and bust it. Yeah, whatever. Hopefully not. Well, you know, I didn't tell you last weekend, I think I'll tell you today how I got this uh, series title. Uh, I have spiritual awakenings in the shower. And I was in the shower a few months ago, and I said, God, give me a title for the summer series. Give me something. About that time I splashed my face, I said, that's it, summer splash. I know you thought I'd be more spiritual, but I'm just telling you, that's how it came. And basically, it's an opportunity just to go through different passages without being in an expositional series or a topical. We're just having fun with God's Word because I believe that God's Word is eternal. This morning, if you look at the very top of your worship guide, the notes, it says, His glory at the table in the water. I want to go ahead and tell you something. You're, you're somebody you're saying, man, you're already up, man. My friends hadn't even got here yet. They don't get here to 1020. Okay, well, hey, tell them to come early. I'm doing the message in two parts today. So I'm going to preach on uh, Holy Communion right now. And then we're going to celebrate Holy Communion. And then we're going to come back and do worship. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to preach on baptism. And then we're going to do baptism this afternoon at four o'clock. Anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, look there with me in Holy Scripture. There's two sacraments that we celebrate at Christ Community Church. They are Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, whatever you know it as, and they're known as Believer's Baptism. And we celebrate those two, and we celebrate them often. We wish we celebrated them more often, but um, if you'll just look there at the very top of your notes, it just talks about when Christians, when Christ's followers come together to lift high the name of Jesus. That's what we'll do today in communion. And that's what we'll certainly do every time somebody's baptized into the faith of Jesus Christ. Uh, when Paul wrote there in the book of Corinthians, uh, the Lord's Supper had morphed into a party. Uh, some had even said it had become kind of a, a drunken feast. People would not eat before they got there, and they would just gorge themselves on food, and they would drink a lot of wine, and they just really kind of made a debacle out of it. And in Greek culture... It was the custom of the day to have great feasts, to have great celebrations. We like to do that today. You have a graduation party, you have a birthday party, there's a celebration. Graduations, there's celebrations. There's a day that most of you don't even know, and my family laughs, but it's big in our family, and we celebrate it. June 14th is one of my favorite holidays, and you don't even know what it is. It's Flag Day. I love Flag Day, you're like, really? I just look for a reason to party. You know what I'm saying? And June the 14th, it's Flag Day. You ought to write that right there on your notes, and you ought to celebrate that you're an American, that you love God, that you love dogs, you love apple pie, you love ice cream, you love something. I don't know. But in this Greek culture, they like feasts. They like potluck dinners. We, this afternoon, there will be a potluck dinner thrown in with uh, whatever you bring, the desserts and trimmings, along with the hot dogs and all the grilling and all the fun stuff we'll do. But they had a, a, a meal called the Agape Feast. And this was a time where they were extremely celebrative, and they celebrated. And in Acts 2, it talks about how the body of Christ celebrated, and they, they came together. But if you look there in the Scripture, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Will you turn there with me? In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, if you'll turn to verse 20, and if you'll stand with me, as I read God's holy word, as I make a proclamation from his word that is flawless, that is perfect, that is a shield for our soul. 1 Corinthians, Apostle Paul, chapter 11, starting in verse 20, the Word of God says these words. When you meet together, you're not really interested in the Lord's Supper. For some of you hurry to eat your own meal without sharing with others. As a result, some go hungry while others get drunk. 
What, don't you have your own homes for eating and drinking? Or do you really want to disgrace God's church and shame the poor? What am I supposed to say? Do you want me to praise you? Well, I certainly will not praise you for this. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it into pieces and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread, you drink this cup. You're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this, eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Now listen to verse 28, very critical that we understand. This is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For you, if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you're eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. God, thank you for your word that speaks to us as Christ followers. You can be seated. Now, as we looked at God's word today, here in this short little letter, well, it's not necessarily a short letter, but this short passage that I brought you to, the people there at Corinth had lost their purpose they begin to separate themselves into classes, the rich and the poor, the religious and not so religious, the people that were hungry, the people that weren't hungry. It was, it was just really, it was sad. When we started Christ Community Church, I remember Don and I would pray and we would talk about this and I prayed, God, give us a New Testament fellowship that all would be welcomed in Jesus' name. That people from every tribe, from every language, from every socioeconomic class, God, from educational levels, from whatever it is, ethnicity, I don't care, denominational, we're an interdenominational church. That means we bring all the denominations together, all those that are unsaved that will come, to, that will confess the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Amen? And that's who we invite to come to this church. Everybody that will name the name of Jesus. So... There's a recognition, there's an affirmation there when you look at Holy Communion. Communion captures our minds, our imaginations, I pray. Sometimes it's possible, I guess we could come to the table and we could make it more ritualistic, we could run through it, but Jesus just said, this is my body, and my body is given for you. As you remember Christ, I want you to remember something today. What has Jesus done for you? What has Jesus done in your life? When you come to the table, not just to receive the elements, as powerful and, and mystical as that is, ask, Lord, what have you done for me? Or remember what the Lord has done for you and announce this. And this covenant is ratified by the shedding of blood for the remission of sins. Some of us are abstract learners. Some of us are concrete learners. And somehow through communion, it's more concrete in nature. It's experiential. You probably learned it a long time ago if you've come to our church. Some of you are here for the first time, so you don't know. Some of you have been here with me for years. Some of you have been here with me since the beginning. I, I'm an experiential learner. I'm a visual learner. I love to see. I love to taste, touch, smell. I, this is what I tell Jeff all the time. I pray that we create encounters for people to encounter the living Christ. I want you to experience Christ when you come into this living room. And the church said, 
That's all I care about. It's not for you to get lots of religious knowledge and information. Now, I'll work hard to bring you knowledge and to bring you information and biblical content as your small group leaders and Bible study teachers, and that's important. But I want you to have an experience every time we gather in this place. The, the Lord's Supper, it's a living demonstration of the love of Christ, of the love of the Father. We bless the Lord in the sharing of the cup, in the breaking of the bread. We hold the bread, we hold the cup in common. This morning, this is a meal for believers. If you don't confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, I invite you not to come. If there's sin that you're not willing to confess to the Lord and repent of, don't come. The Bible, what do we read? They didn't examine themselves. Some of them got sick and some of them even... Wait a minute, you saying in church, some of them... Do you want to come and go, I went to church Sunday morning, I died Monday. Now, you wouldn't tell us, but somebody would say, well, you know, the pastor told them, don't come to the table, do it in a worthy manner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know people are like, nobody ever shares that. Well, God does. How many of you are glad that I tell you God's word from cover to cover, and I believe and I preach from the authority of God's word? Yeah, it's a lot better than my opinion. I've been thinking about that a lot. We're in this thing together. We're on a journey. And in this journey, we're going to follow Christ. And today, we've never done it in a swimming pool. I'm kind of excited about it. a blow-up swimming pool at that that came from Academy. Hallelujah. Okay, it's going to be an experience that I'll not soon forget. But you know what at the early communion? They stopped making it about Christ, and they started making it about each other. They were selfish. They were prideful. They were into indulgence. Excess was their God. They just missed the whole point of considering others better than themselves, and they just came. They didn't uphold the unity of the love of Christ. And as we read that scripture, it says, examine yourself. Do this in proper remembrance. Do this often in remembrance of me. That's my prayer today, is that you're going to come to the table. Except I keep pointing here. This is kind of my demonstration table. But when you go to the sides today, I'm praying you're going to remember Christ. And you're going to remember to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then you're going to remember to love your neighbor as yourself. So today... We participate in the body of Christ, in the oneness of Jesus Christ, and we present him our gifts. And I prayed it with the worship team early this morning. We do communion at 930. I said, Lord, would you give us clean hands and would you give us pure hearts? I pray that for you today. Would you come to the table with clean hands and a pure heart? You know, you think about it. When you're out working in the yard or you're doing something, you've been out in the world, and you come in, what is one of the first things your mama says? Have you... You had my mama too, did you? You washed your hands. And then there's something about little boys. We think there's something sacred about dirt. We just seem going and eat with dirt. Now the girls, they're a little, not always, but they're sometimes they're a little prissier and they get a little cleaner. But you want to clean. You want to you wash up. Well, this morning I'm asking you to be washed in the blood of Christ and ask Christ to cleanse you afresh today as you come to his table with clean hands and a pure heart. It's just important. Now, i got to ask you, do you have an appetite? for God's table. I exercise a lot. I eat a lot more than I should. And I can, don't even really ruin my appetite, but when I was little, people, my parents would go, now Keith, don't you eat that? It's going to mess up your appetite. Nobody ever says that to me anymore. Nobody says, hey, you're going to mess up your appetite. But, you know, you could go and you could get a Twinkie or a Coke 
or a Mountain Dew. I know that's the drink of heaven. Or you, or you, could, or you could get something like, I know you're saying, it's a Starbucks. I don't drink coffee, okay? I'm just this wired on Jesus, okay? Am I caffeine-free Mountain Dew? Somebody asked me one day, what's the point? Well, if I get caffeine in me, y'all are in trouble. And the other side is it still kind of tastes the same. It's a good deal. And every once in a while, I'll sneak and I'll get me a little caffeine feel. I haven't had one today, so don't worry. If I do, you think I'm ADD, DDDDDD? I really go over the top then. Okay. But you can have part today in the Lord's table. He invites everybody that'll name the name of Jesus to come. And I hope you'll come to the table that you'll have this. Look at the point here quickly. Look within and do inventory. Look within your heart and let Christ search your heart and see if there's something that's threatening to your soul, to your spiritual life. So we always do inventory. We always examine ourselves. We always look within. Look at the second point. You have to look back to know where you've come from. I often look back to where I came from as a 19-year-old pagan that met Jesus Christ and began my walk of faith to where I am today and where I'm hoping to go. So always look back, and before you dine, before you come to this meal, make sure, Lord, I don't want to fill myself with the junk of this world. I want to have an appetite for the holy. I want to have an appetite for you. In the, the psalmist in the 34th chapter, in the 8th verse, it says, we need to taste and see the satisfying goodness of the Lord. Right down there in your notes today, taste and see the goodness of the Lord. I have tasted and I will confess and proclaim from this platform, the Lord Jesus is a good God. The Lord Jesus is a magnificent redeemer. The Lord Jesus is a conquering king. The Lord Jesus is worthy of my praise and your praise today. And we're going to praise him all day in song and fellowship and communion and baptism. It's just great. Look at the third one. We look ahead to what awaits us as true Christ followers. We look forward with anticipation to our eternal home of heaven. Yesterday, I thought about heaven a lot. Yesterday, it was 19 years ago that my father passed away. So I thought about heaven, and I thought about his presence with Jesus, and I can't wait to be reunited with him. Now, I'm not planning on getting up and taking a trip there this afternoon. I would, you know, I would like to live and grow old with my grandchildren and have a full life and preach the gospel of grace. But I do look ahead, and I ask you, look ahead when you come to the table. And then I just put this up earlier in your notes. Come to the table, be blessed with Christ's presence. As Christ followers, we have the blessing of the sacrifice and the forgiveness of sins. But this morning... The Lord invites you and me to come to his table. Wow, I feel like I've already done this. Have y'all been sitting here the whole time? This is so weird. It's like, you know, I, did, I, was like, I just got through preaching, I thought. But okay, here it is, part two. Hey, kind of different today, huh? Some of you are like, yeah, I like it. Well, don't get used to it, okay? But because uh, the pool probably won't be out front next week either. What do you think of when you think of water? You're like, the obvious, wet. Well, okay. What do you think of when you think of the water? Professor Splash. What do you think of when you think of the water? I hope you think of refreshment. I love a cold glass of water when I'm hot. How about you? And what does water mean in our culture? It, it means a lot of things. There's a, water symbolizes and speaks to us about vast areas of our life. And this morning, I've just got some notes there prepared 
just in this brief section now that I'm going to talk about. So I want you to turn to Romans. If you'll turn over to Romans and just put a marker there in the sixth chapter. So we've gone from the letter there, Paul, in 1 Corinthians. Now we're going to Romans 6. And water symbolizes a lot of things. But one thing that water symbolizes is death. I want you to put that in the first blank. Water symbolizes death. I know you're going, are you, do you know something we don't know? Are you going to like put somebody in the water today and not bring them out? I thought about that a few times in baptism. No, 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 no I hadn't done that. If you look in Genesis, if you look in the Old Testament, the water you know, covered part of the earth, and it was beautiful and God in creation. But then later you see that man was rebellious, man was sinful, and what does water represent? Death, the flood. Now, we have this print at home that hung in Hannah's room for years. It does it now. And you might have had it when your kids were little, and it's beautiful. It's Noah's Ark, and it's all the colors and all the animals of the world. It's beautiful. And that's the picture we like of the flood. And, and it's an accurate picture. The other part is all the death and the people that were destroyed because of their sinfulness and the rebellion. Now, I know that would not make a good picture in your kid's room, you know, floating bodies. I'm just being real, okay? I mean, the flood, the water represents death. The movie, The Perfect Storm, it alludes to death. The Asian tsunami, man, that was death, catastrophe. Hurricane Katrina, what do you associate with that? Death. Water has a death element to it. And in Romans 6.4, the Apostle Paul talks about being buried uh, with Christ. He talks about taking him in baptism. I want you to turn and look. I think it's going to come up on the screen. If you can find this for me, it's Romans 6. There's a bunch of screens that's going to come up. It's like about five or six screens. And I'm going to read it to you. You can stay seated. You don't have to get back up. But in Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Listen to Eugene Peterson from the message, and you can look along in your Bible and see this passage. So what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? This is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water we left the old country of sin behind when we came up out of the water we entered into a new country of grace a new life in a new land and i say amen that's the picture of romans 6 of baptism that's what baptism into the life of jesus means when we are lowered into the waters like the burial of jesus when we're raised up out of the waters like the resurrection of jesus each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our father so that we can see where we're going into our new grace, sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ, a decisive end to a sin-miserable life. No longer it sends every beck and call. What we believe is this, if we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also, listen to this, I love this, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal the end of death is the end. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him, but alive he brings, God came down to us. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks to your mother tongue and you hang on every word. You're dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. 
Isn't that good news, church? Jesus gives us victory through his blood, through his life, through his resurrection, through his death. Yes, even through baptism. And as I think about baptism this morning, just in our few moments together, you filled it in right there simply with me. It says, water is death. There will be an element of death when I ask people, do you confess Jesus Christ as Lord? Will you die? Will you be buried with Christ? And to, will you identify, will you be buried into the death of Jesus? And it's beautiful because we, we, we fall short. G.K. Chesterton, the great theologian, said, Sin is the only Christian belief that we can verifiably prove. How many of you in this room can prove sin? I can. Wait a minute. Don't be pious. How many of you can prove sin? Oh, yeah, man. We got a sinful nature. We have the, uh, they call it the Adamic nature, the sin of our father Adam, and we fall short of the glory of God. And when we're baptized, we go into the water. We're buried into the water, but thanks be to God, we're raised. And the second thing is water is new life. I like that part. The water this, this afternoon, it will be symbolized to its death. But it doesn't start, stop there. It only begins there. But out of death comes new life. The Apostle Paul in Corinthians, in the second chapter, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you've identified with Christ, if you've received Christ, if you've received him by faith, if you're rooted in Christ, you are now a new creation. How many people want to be new? Boy, I want to be new. I need to be new every day. So do you. He says, you're a new creation. The old has passed away. The old is gone. The old is buried. The old is dead. And the new has come. That's the hope of the glorious gospel. So he says, the baptism here is new life. Paul says in another translation, he goes, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, we too may now live a new life. See, these people today, they're going to follow Jesus in baptism. When they come out of the water, my prayer is they'll walk in the newness of life that Jesus declares it is theirs by their identification with him. We die to sin, we're raised with Christ. Every time I watch baptism, I remember my baptism. Every time I see baptism, I remember the baptism of Jesus that I've read in Scripture. Every time I see baptism, I remember standing at the River Jordan in 1999, being baptized and baptizing other believers in Christ. What a beautiful thing. So in Paul's day, it was kind of a given. It's kind of a code language. They just knew that uh, he wasn't trying to be sneaky. They, they identified. They, they believed in this baptism thing. They said, hey, he was under the water. He, he, he followed Christ. He, he, he's got this, this old sense passed away. The news come. He's been um, assembled. He's been united with Jesus Christ. So water is death. Water is new life. But I want to give you a third one. Water is growth. This past week, a couple weeks ago, our sprinkler system, we have a well that we put in when we built the building, and it sprinkles the, the perimeter right around here the church why it stays looking so good. A few weeks ago, I noticed it was looking gnarly. It was looking brown. It was looking dead. Can anybody say dead? Say dead. Dead. Yellow. Now, none of you let me know. And I kind of love the campus to look good because it's God's house. And the Bible says you worry about your own homes and your panel dens, but how about the house of God? So be paying attention, Okay. The grass had died. I called Mark. I said, Mark, something's going on. He got here, started messing around. He goes, hey, man, the sprinkler system's down. And Blake, I love Blake. Blake comes to the rescue. Blake gets the thing working. But Pastor Keith, last Sunday morning in worship, he prayed for what? Rain. It's been raining this week, as I'm talking about. And everything went from dead to life. 
And all that brown became green. And you're saying, yeah, you're the one. That's why I got to cut my grass. Shame on you, preacher. Well, grass is beautiful. Grass is green. At least it should be, right? And everything's being nourished. And God's watering the earth. And I praise watering your soul. So here it is. Water is growth. Did you know our bodies are made of 60% water? Somebody else like, not mine, not 70%. Okay, you got water weight. Okay, whatever. Every single organ in the human body is dependent on water. Doctor, that doc, uh, Dr. T, Dr. Allen, Terry Allen that Donna has worked for the last 11 and a half years, she taught us a lot about water and how important water is to the body, how important water is to the joints, to the vertebrae, to the brain, to the cells. You need more water. And I go, I want more Mountain Dew. I need more water. And I drink a good bit of water, not near as much as my wife does, but I do drink a lot of water. I need to drink a lot more. And your body, do you know sometimes your knees and backs will hurt less when you drink water? Some of you are like, prove it. Well, start drinking it and see if it doesn't help. It's just God's created us this way. And water's essential, and this water is for growth. And all of us need water. We need the water of baptism. It's following Jesus in obedience, and it's an aspect. All through the Scripture, they're crossing from dry land over the water, over the River Jordan. They're crossing into the promised land. That's what's going to happen today. There's eight, I think nine. I believe today, I pray, some of you in this service are going to be convicted, and you're going to go, today I want to follow Jesus Christ in baptism. And you can do it right in front of your church, right there in the pool. How cool is that? It's awesome. Step into the water. So water is death. Water is new life. Water is growth. Very clear that we get that. But then the other thing that water is, listen to this. It's community. Water is community. And what I want to tell you is baptism is not a denomination thing. Baptism is a Jesus thing, and the church said. It's Jesus. I'm not so worried about the doctrines of man. I love the doctrines of man. I love the doctrines of the church. I love denominations. We're an interdenominational church. I would never assault the denominations. I came out of a wonderful denomination. I love denominations. The pastor likes denominations. Did you hear that? Sometimes I'm like, hey, you don't even like denominations. I do. Love it. Hell credentials in a denomination. But I love the Lord Jesus more than I do any denomination. And I'm a Christ follower, and I'm inviting you to follow Christ and not a denomination. And the church said, I believe it. It's good stuff. You're like, yeah, all right. And when we baptize you today, we baptize you in the Trinitarian name, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I just want to be baptized in the Father and out of the water quickly. No, you want to be baptized into the Trinity. Did I tell you about the baptism services when I was in Venezuela? I was in Venezuela a couple of times, and... I was in the Caprero River going down in the dugout, and there's this guy, he's our guide, and he couldn't speak, you know, English, and I couldn't speak Spanish, and the guide wasn't in my dugout, so we were lost. And I looked over, and he had nubs. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, man, hey, you know, I mean, you know, I'm trying to find a conversation, okay? I'm a conversationalist. I'm going down a river, feel like I'm filming some movie. I'm like, man, I'm going to die, and we're going to a jungle. And the guy's got nubs on his hands, and finally I get to the next place and say, hey, what happened to the guy's hands? He says, well, he says, you want to know? I said, I'm asking. He said he had his hand in the water. He said, piranha got him. It's a true story. I don't make this up. I used to have a pet, not a pet piranha. I used to have a stuffed piranha on my, on my shelf, and somebody stole it. I wish I still had it. And there's these little fish with these razor sharp teeth. And, and baptism services in Venezuela are very unlike today. You don't have to, you have to count the cost to follow Jesus, but today there'll be no piranha in the pool. And, and, and in Venezuela, when they baptize, it's the most amazing thing. Because I asked him, I said, 
Y'all baptizing these bodies of water? Yeah. They have piranha. Oh, lots of them. Y'all baptizing these water? We do. I said, how do you do that? He said, they're very quick. He says, what we, he said, what we do is we get a paddle and we hit the water. Pah! And every fish scatters. And we baptize you. And on about the name of the sun, you're coming out of the water and you're headed to the shore. Piranha. You're saying, you make that up. I can't make up stuff that good. He's a God of the nations. Amen? And you, how many want to say, thank you, Jesus, and I live in Montgomery, Alabama. And you want to make fun of that swimming pool right now. You're going, Jesus, it is a glorious celestial throne to your eternal kingdom, and I'm going to follow you in the pool today. Okay. So Jesus, the water baptism is community. In Romans 6, 4, he uses this pronoun, we, we, us, us, over and over, chapter 6, verse 4. Baptism is community. We're not doing secret baptisms. We're doing it for the body of faith. You're professing, you're confessing your faith in Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, is the redeemer of your soul. Paul is talking about community here in this passage, not just so much individuals. Today they're baptizing to the community of faith, the community of Jesus Christ. We're incorporated into the body of Christ. It involves dying to sin, identifying, being united, and raised out of the glorious water to the presence of Christ. A lot of people are going to do that today. There's six children today that want to follow Jesus in baptism. Lauren has taken them through all kinds of stuff. They understand it. They say, this is my declaration. I met with a 62-year-old man this week, and he can't wait to be baptized today. There's another woman. There's another woman that came to me today. She said she might. Let me just say this to you. There's somebody today that Christ is calling to baptism. Today would be a great day to find Christ in baptism. Water is death. Water is new life. Water is growth. Water is community. So you're saying, Pastor, that's it? Man, that is the nutshell of the sermon today. You know what the old boy said? He said, shuck it down to the cob, preacher. I shucked it to the cob. I put it on a low shelf so everybody could get it, counting me. We celebrate how many sacraments? Two. Holy Communion believer's baptism today we get to do both thanks be to god lord thank you for the meal at the tables and i just ask you to experience christ and resurrection power maybe you've already been baptized that's awesome maybe you ought to just come today to support brothers and sisters and friends as they have their baptism and we'll feed you and we'll have fun it's just gonna be a fun day for the house of faith i want to pray for you can we do that bow your heads. Father, I thank you for this service and that Jesus Christ is the only hope we have of heaven. And he's the hope that we have for forgiveness of sins and peace in our hearts and minds. Would you guard our hearts and minds in Jesus Christ today? Would you fix our minds on you in perfect peace, Lord Jesus? Lord, would you speak to somebody today? Not because this preacher is preaching, not because it's been some religious gathering, but because the spirit of the living Christ is inviting people today, even now, to follow Jesus Christ in baptism. Father, today, give boys and girls and teenagers and adults courage. Give them obedience to follow you in baptism. Lord, I am eager to see a huge, colossal baptism today at Ryan Road. Glorify your name, Jesus, 
and glorify the Father as we purpose to follow you. Where he leads, will you follow? I tell you all the time, we're Christ followers. And part of following Jesus Christ is following him in baptism. Lord, I thank you for this morning, for your amazing presence in your life. Strengthen our hearts. Encourage us. Direct us. Protect us. Bless us that we can be a blessing to others as we follow Jesus. Amen.